It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. Do the Wizards have a big three with Kuz, Brad, and Porzingis? And we're going to do a quick summer league preview for the game for tomorrow night. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Wizards Podcast. This is your host, the real Ed Oliver. You can follow me on Twitter at EDT Triple O F L A Double T. What's good, Wizards fans? I just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Wizards your first listener every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I still have a couple of mailbag questions I wanted to get to. Um, one is from Jay Marsh asking, Do you think a healthy Brad, healthy group of Brad, Bradley Bill, Chris Esperzingas, and Kyle Kuzma? is a good big three. I wanted to touch on that. Um, also, they, the Wizards do play the Pelicans tomorrow at 6 p.m. The game is on ESPN3. You guys, you got a, a couple of good young guys on that Pelicans team. A guy like Trey Murphy, who they're definitely going to have to look out for. And he's going to be tough to stop. Um, and then I did want to get to a couple of Ted Leonsis quotes from the Bradley Bill um, signing presser from the other day, but I did want to answer um, Jay Marsh's question on Twitter. His username is Squilly D. It's S-Q-I-L-L-I-E-D-E-E. -E. He says, do you think a healthy Brad, Chris Esperzingas, and Kuz is good enough, is a good big three? Also, do you think our young players and new signings are enough to be competitive? Asking because I do think they will be competitive, but most people seem to think otherwise. So um, this is a good question. Um, you know, Looking at the YouTube comments, a lot of people have said that I'm I've been pessimistic so far this all season. You kind of look at Wizards, Wizards social media and like like you said, Jay Marsh, uh, most people seem to think otherwise. A lot of people don't think the Wizards are going to be a competitive team or have a snowball's chance to contend for a championship. I do mostly agree that they're not championship contenders, but I'll start off with 
your question about the big three. I think I I wouldn't necessarily call them a big three. You know, I don't think a lot of teams in the NBA per se have a big three right now. You know, not like when it was, you know, LeBron, Bosch, and um, D. Wade or Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Like that era of the late 2000s, like 2010, 2011, 2012, 07. Like that was the era of big threes. I think right now it's like two guys. You look at um, Stephen Clay, or um, the the Bucks have somewhat a big of a big three: Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton. The Heat kind of have Jimmy and Bam. It's not really Tyler Hero is a good piece, but he's not a big three. I don't think anybody really necessarily has it. Like the Suns, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Maybe that's a big three. I, I guess you could say that's a big three. Um, trying to think of some of the other contenders here, but there's there's not many big threes. I would say per se, like like I was alluding to with the the teams and the two, the Celtics, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's a that's a dynamic duo. Katie and the Katie and Kyrie, they're about to be broken up. Or you look at the Lakers, um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That was a strong two when they won in the bubble. So it's more of dynamic duos or you know twos right now. But to answer your question, um, I think they they do have a solid three. I would say a solid three. It's not like an Anton Jameson, Gilbert Arenas, and a Karan Butler big three like we had back. In uh, those days in the early 2000s, but I think it is a strong three. I think Bradley Bill, if he comes back and plays at an all star level that he did um, as a three time all star, and Chris Porzingis stays healthy in that last part of the year where he played after the trade deadline, like a, a month after, he played really, really, really well. And that's why I am that the optimistic part of me for the Wizards is, is thinking about how Chris has played in that last part of the regular season when he was healthy. Um, he got to the free throw line a lot. Um, I already talked about this stuff. This was from Josh Robbins. He, he found this. He In the month of March, Chris S. Porzingis, he ranked in the 80th percentile among bigs in defensive rebounding percentage, the 86th percentile in block percentage, and the 91st percentile in assist percentage, according to the website Cleaning the Glass. Um, and in the month of March, Chris S. was only, uh, only one. He was one of only six players in the league that averaged at least 20 points, eight rebounds, and one block per game. So Porzingis was doing it all. The Lakers game where he dominated, the Pacers game, one of his first, I want to say that was his first game with the Wizards, the Pacers game at home, re-ran the offense through him. And he's a guy that can really take pressure off of Bradley Bill. So I do think they're going to be a dynamic duo running the offense through the high post. I think Chris Tapps definitely, I think Tommy Shepard is looking at Chris Tapps Porzingis as their big, off-season addition you know i think a lot of wizards fans are like hey we need to add more which i do agree with i do think we need um a, we could definitely use another star or another high level talent to add to the roster and maybe consolidate the roster but i, I think the way that tommy shepherd in the front office is looking at the roster they're looking at chris Tapps as their big addition and he did say during an interview on the radio as well i want to say it was the team 980 he said that a lot of teams are looking at the draft as their free agency and that they're not a lot of teams are not making huge free agent moves, you know, over this offseason. There's a lot of trades, but there's not any big free agent signings. So I do think they're a big addition this offseason. Of course, Monte Morris and Will Barton, but their big fish addition really was Chris Tapps, Porzingis. And I think that they're going to be relying heavily on Chris Tapps. Chris Tapps, Porzingis was the best. He's going to be the best big man that Bradley Bill has played with in his career. You know, you had he had Gortat, Nene, but Porzingis is, is an all-star when he's healthy and he puts his mind to it and he really decides to dominate and play with some physicality, he can really take over a game. He's a guy that you can give the ball to and he can put up 30 points and they teams double team him uh, defense. He attracts defenses. You can see, see the way that defense has shifted towards him. Like they shift towards Bradley bill 
defenses really shift towards him. And he was doing something called the hockey pass where he would pass it to Denny or Tomas. And then they would make another pass because the, all the def- a lot of the defense shifted towards Chris Haps. He gives the ball up and somebody else is open in a corner to knock down the three. So um, I, to answer your question, I do think they do have a solid fit. Kuzma, I love the way Kuzma played in the second half of the year. And I thought he played really well with Bradley Bill, too. The Bulls game, I brought that up where, where Brad was playing point. He was, it was point guard Bill. He had double digits assists in that game. And, and Kyle Kuzma was knocking down threes, hit a clutch shot. And then DeMar DeRozan hits a bag breaking three to beat us at the buzzer. Um, but Kuz was clutch for us. And I think he he's going to be a guy that if Brad is not, you know, knocking down shots in the clutch or Chris Apps is not, or they're double teaming him, you pick your poison and Kuzma's going to knock that three down. He consistently showed that he was the most clutch player on the roster last year, the Cleveland game winner, um, the Pistons, I mean, the block against Joel Embiid to win against the Sixers in Philly. Um, there's there's a couple game game winners or the the Pistons game in Detroit where he knocked down a, a corner three to go a go ahead game winner. Um, Kuzma is, is a good player, and the only thing the only concern with Kuz is how he's going to play next to Brad and Porzingis when his usage rate goes down. Is he going to be just a guy that they spot up in a corner where where Kuz was he was really good at that point forward position where he was bringing the ball up, initiating offense where he had a, he had one triple double. Had, had a lot of games where he was able to facilitate and create offense for the Washington Wizards. So um, this is a good question. I, I I think they can be a solid three. And you listen to the way Tommy Shepard in the front office talks about Kuzma. They really like Kuzma, even though he was reportedly available in trade talks. I think I don't see any more trades happening, to be honest. I think this is the roster the way it is. I think the last addition is going to be Todd Gibson uh, at that last center spot. But other than that, I think this is the roster. This is it. I think it's set where it is. And I do think they have a solid three i'm not going to say a big three but i think they have a solid three that can really compete and be competitive um i i changed my i didn't really change my mind about the ceiling too much but i guess in the next segment i'll answer the second part of your question about you know do i think they can be competitive uh once again i'll answer that but before we do get to that this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Mind are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand that warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. In there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And also on Twitter, somebody also commented, it was Corey Simmons, Corey Sims, I'm sorry, who who I talk to a lot on Twitter, uh, who I communicate a lot with on Twitter. He, his username is Chin Chilla DK. He says, I think the real question is behind coaching and chemistry for this one. It has been the key for all championship teams. I want to see what Wes does in year two. You have familiar players now, one year experience. He can't come out flat 10 to zero or 10 and 0 or 10 and three, I think is what, is what Corey meant. And fool's gold fans again. Which you know he definitely got he, he they the Wizards duped me they hoodwinked me I really thought they were gonna go win fifty games after they started off ten and three um, I just love the way they defended when they were ten and three the the way you guys were buying in uh, Montrezl Harrell looked like an MVP candidate at the time and they were very balanced and they found ways to win games in the clutch uh, Dinwiddie was hitting clutch shots even Bertans hit a clutch shot even when Bradley Bill wasn't playing well they just found ways to win games and of course that tailed off Dinwiddie was not able to get by anybody and he was a turnstile on defense and the Bretons uh, wasn't able to knock down any threes at all for the most part um, and then Montrez just came back down to earth. he was still good but he just came back down to earth and Bradley Bill still just didn't live up to expectations at all shooting 31 30 percent from the three-point line um, but a lot of it is going to be on West whether they're going to be competitive but main of course it's a players league it's going to be on the players uh, but I think chemistry is the is the part where where I think uh, Corey hit the nail on the head, chemistry. Last year, we had a lot of guys not getting along in the locker room. We had a lot of guys asking for more touches, um, saying the offense was too complicated. A lot of guys said that in pressers and press conferences. Now, Wes has guys that he knows will buy in, that he's very familiar with, Monte Morris and Bull Barton. Um, he's already got one year under his belt with Brad, so he's more familiar with Brad, the chemistry there, coaching, communicating with these guys, communicating with Denny and Rui, expectations, what he knows he's going to get from guys. I guess different buttons to push. And he does have to learn to communicate with guys and talk with guys in the locker room, policing the locker room, not letting things get out of hand, being a leader of men and and, and just getting these guys to buy in. But um, I think he knows what he expects from Porzingis, what he's going to get from Porzingis. He was talking um, during the summer league game when they interviewed him. He talked about how Porzingis was able to control and really dominate a game and get to the free throw line. And that's something that definitely helped change for the Washington Wizards. The Wizards were not getting to the free throw line much before Porzingis came. And Porzingis does help with that star power. Sometimes Bradley Bill doesn't get calls, but Porzingis definitely gets calls. They do. They do. I'm not saying the refs help or bias towards Porzingis, but when you have that star power, it certainly does help. And I think Porzingis will help with that, getting to the line, getting getting other teams in the bonus early, getting teams in the, in the burn in the bonus quickly, being aggressive and opposing your will on the other team will certainly certainly help. But I do think that do I think the young players and new signings are enough to be competitive? I think they're enough to be competitive. Yes. As I always say, the Eastern Conference is getting better. It's getting better. DeAndre Ayton, he might go to the Pacers. You know, that's that's another addition that the Pacers might be a sleeper team with Benedict Matherin. He's playing well in the summer league. Chris Duarte, who had a good year last year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, that young team, they all – the Pacers, we, we, we did a good job against the Pacers last year in, in 2020 or 2021. But we lost to the Pacers like twice this past season. Um, but their young team, if they're really looking to win games with DeAndre Ayton, Halliburton, and Matherin and Duarte, that team could definitely give us a problem. That could be a sleeper team. So 
my answer is usually about how much better the Eastern Conference is. And it's not just saying that the Wizards are not a good team, but I'm just looking at the East and it's super, super competitive. It's just going to be very tough for the Wizards. But I do think I think they're definitely competitive. I think Monte Morris, a steady Eddie point guard that's really good at the mid-range shot, a guy that I think will fit better next to Bradley Bill than um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, who we had last year, who was more of a scoring guard, a guy off the bench. Even though Monte Morris is known more to come off the bench and be a backup point guard, he played really, really well filling in for Jamal Murray. And while Michael Porter Jr. was out, I thought um, Monte Morris did a good job of that. Um, and he's a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands to be successful. He can shoot the ball better than the guards that we had last year. He's a better three-point shooter than Hollywood Neto. He's a better three-point shooter than Spencer Dinwiddie and Ish Smith. All those guys basically combined. Um, Monte Morris is clutch, too. And he's a really good mid-range shooter. And I think him and Bill would be a better fit. You know, he's a guy that, you know, it's not going to be my turn, your turn with, with Brad and Dinwiddie. I think these guys are going to be on the same page, in my opinion, being optimistic. I think they're going to be a better fit. Barton will definitely help. He brings more athleticism to the team. He's going to be aggressive. Sometimes when we ask Rui to be more aggressive and Denny to be more aggressive, you're not going to have to ask Will Barton to be aggressive. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, you're shooting the ball a little too much. But Will Barton is super, super aggressive. He's going to put the gas to the pedal all gas, no breaks kind of guy. He's going to take, he's going to see some shots that he doesn't like. He's going to take some tough shots, but he's a tough shot maker. That's why some people are like, Hey, he may be better off as a six man because he can be a microwave scorer. He really can. And he is athletic. He's going to, you know, I keep begging this team to add some guys that are athletic and Will Barton will bring some athletic athletics, athleticism to the team offensively. Some of the layups that Denny misses here and there, Will Barton's going to go up and dunk that. So that's why I do like the addition of Will Barton. Um, I would love to see the young guys get more playing time, but I think Will Barton, he's just an experienced veteran that, you know, Wes is going to like and has familiarity with. And uh, Will Barton, he, you know, he's going to bring more playmaking. And uh, Will, Will Barton, he's an underrated, he's an underrated passer too. Will Barton is a really good playmaker and passer as well. So I do this. I do think that I think we can, I think that if everybody stays healthy, Porzingis plays well and plays up to expectations, he gives you 25 and nine and, and a block a game. Brad plays like his usual self. Um, gives you 26, 27 points a game and about five assists and five boards. Kuzma gives you 18 points a game and facilitates and rebounds the ball. I think they, I think the Wizards can be a competitive team. I think they can definitely make the playoffs and avoid the play-in. And um, if everything goes right, I would say a sixth or a fifth seed. I think after the top four teams like the Heat, Boston, Milwaukee, and the Sixers, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a competitive bunch there. The Raptors, Bulls, who knows what happens with the Nets, the Hawks, Cleveland. And uh, Charlotte, I think all those guys, all those teams are going to really going to be competing for that fifth to sixth or seventh spot right there. So I think if they can just find a way, maybe the Knicks, we'll see what happens with the Knicks. But I think the Wizards did make some good moves. I thought they made good moves. They're not championship contending moves, but they certainly will be competitive in a playoff team. And I think they can sneak up on some people if they stay healthy and Bradley Bill does play like the three-time All-Star All-NBA guy in Porzingis. Um, and, and the young guys do have to develop. Rui has to make a leap. We need Denny to make a leap. Kispert, we need these guys to make a leap. They have to grow up faster than normal or usual, but they, they got to step up and make a leap. They got to be consistent. They have to be consistent. Rui has to play better on defense. Denny has to finish around the rim and keep up the defensive effort that he always gives. And Kispert has to be a knockdown shooter and um, be able to uh, attack closeouts and be able to shoot when guys are flying at him and knock him down. So the young guys do have to step up. So a lot of things got to go right. Johnny Davis, we're going to need his help as well. Um, so every it's going to be all hands on deck for the Wizards to be a uh, competitive team this year. So 
Uh, but I do want to get to the summer league preview here. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There were some other advanced numbers that I did find about Chris Dapps. I probably won't be able to get to the uh, quotes from Tommy, from, I'm sorry, from Ted Leonsis talking about the uh, um, signing of Bradleyville, some of the things that stood out to me, but we'll probably talk about that on another episode. But this is from B-Ball Index. This is a, a site that we use from Lock, that Locked On use, uses. Um, this one is a top one-year riser in defensive impact from last year to this year per 100 possessions via the defense LeBron metric among anchor bigs. Uh, the minimum of 1,000 minutes played this season. Chris Hesperzingis is number one. So it shows the defensive prowess and how good Chris Hesperzingis improved from last year in Dallas to the Wizards. I thought he did a good job defensively protecting the paint. Other guys on that list is Nikola Jokic at number two, Jarrett Allen at number three, Nikola Vucevic at number four, and John Collins at number five. So he's in a good group of guys there for sure. So um, that's good to hear about that with, with Chris Tapps showing how good he can be defensively. So, um, but lastly, I do want to get into this preview. I guess I'll say, I'll say one quote from Ted Leonsis. Um, he says, we're, we're a free agent away. I talked about that. He said, we're always looking for ways to improve the team. Tommy Shepard has been given the green light, and I have never said no to anything. So that is intriguing. You know, Malcolm Brogdon said that he thought he was going to be a Washington Wizard. Um, I, I'm kind of happy that they didn't give up the pick 10 for Malcolm for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, but DeJounte Murray is a guy that, hey, maybe they could take, they could have taken a swing at DeJounte Murray, I feel like. Um, three first-round picks is what the Spurs got and Danilo Gallinari, who they ended up waiving. So if all you had to give it was three first, and I know a lot of there's a lot of protections on the picks that we do have, so it's not as easy as it sounds, but I do think DeJounte Murray is a guy. The Wizards should have tried to take a swing at, I feel like. I think they could have been a little bit more aggressive. Jaden Ivey is a guy that I think they could have been a little bit more aggressive, but who knows what happened behind closed doors. Maybe the Kings just didn't want to trade that pick at all, and they just wanted to get Keegan Murray, who's who's ended up to be really, really good so far in the summer league. So uh, who knows what, what happened in conversations with both general managers there. Um, so that was interesting to me. You know, will he get into the luxury tax 
to make this team better, you know, and, and it depends on who you're signing or trading for to go into the luxury tax. So, um, but the Wizards do play the New Orleans Pelicans. Dyson Daniels is on that roster, but he has been injured. The Pelicans have had a couple injuries here and there. EJ Liddell from Ohio State, he was one of their draft picks this year at Ohio State. He He's a really good player. He's a bulldog, and I think he would have been a good matchup for Vernon Carey and Jaime Echenique to go up against because he's more of a small ball five or a, a, just a big stretch four. And I think he would have been a good physical matchup because he brings physicality and he has the foot speed and quickness to get to the basket. And EJ Liddell can shoot threes because Jaime Echenique and Vernon Carey, they really need to practice on guarding guys like stretch fives that can stretch the floor and shoot the ball and shoot the three. Um, so I thought that would have been a good test for them. But it's unfortunate that EJ Liddell is injured. Now, the guy I really want to talk about is Trey Murphy the third, who was picked uh, a couple spots after Corey Kispert in the draft last year. He had 30 points last night, 10 for 18 from the field, three for six from the three-point line, and six rebounds. That's the matchup I'm looking at. Um, I think that would be Isaiah Todd who would guard Trey Murphy if I had to take an educated guess there. Um, and the other guys they got on the team, they do have Darion Sebron, who went to NC State, who had like 37 points in one game and, and like 20 rebounds. He just had a crazy game at, uh, at, at NC State. Um, Najee Marshall's on the roster as well. Those are the guys that I know. Other than that, you know, they got some other guys on the roster that I'm not too familiar with, but Trey Murphy's going to be the big matchup there. The Pelicans are one and one. The Wizards are one and one. Things I want, three things I want to see is Johnny Davis just play with confidence, play with confidence. And I just want to see them get, get him the ball in the mid post. I think when he gets with Bradley Bill, he definitely needs to practice a couple separation moves, like maybe a step back, maybe a sidestep. Bradley Bill loves doing a step back move. He loves doing a sidestep move just to create separation for that jumper to get that mid-range jumper off. Or even from the three-point line, Bradley Bill does. And I think Johnny Def Davis is definitely going to have to add that to his game because that first step is not there. The explosiveness is not there. The creativity with off the dribble is not there right now. Some of the stuff that I saw him do at Wisconsin, he's not doing it. I've seen Johnny Davis put the ball behind his back and do a step back and knock down a mid-range jumper in college. He's just not doing it right now for some reason. Um, I think he's starting to get the jitters out and get more comfortable with the game speed, and he needs to let it fly. If he has space from the three-point line, just let it fly. This is the time to develop and get better. This is the time to develop. So if you're missing and bricking threes, it's fine. It's time to get better. That's the only way you're going to get better is by getting reps and getting shots up. Um, Isaiah Todd, I want to see him be more aggressive. I want to see them try to post him up a little bit more. Pick and roll, pick and pop, different plays for him. They said they were focused on Isaiah Todd. So I do want to see some more plays ran for Isaiah Todd. Uh, Vernon Carey, I think he's going to have a good game again. They might sit him out that last game and let some other guys play, I would think. Um, Jaime Echenique, I think we're, I think we know what we're going to get from him. Um, Jordan Shackle's been fine. He's been pretty good. Devin Donson has been good. Jordan Goodwin, I want to see him get some more playing time, to be honest. He didn't get a lot of playing time the other day. And the other guy, McCall, did not get playing time. I'm going to see him play a little bit more, too. Quentin Jackson has been really good so far for the Washington Wizards, too. I um, just want to look at the roster as well, just so just to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. But those are just some of the things I'm looking for, just them to be aggressive out the gate like they were, uh, rebounding the ball and get to the free throw line. That's how they won that, by getting to the free throw line, being aggressive and playing defense and rebounding the basketball. That's how they did a good job. That's how they won that game last time. Isaiah Todd had three points, so I need to see more from him uh, offensively and defensively. I need to see more from Isaiah Todd. Vernon Carey, like I said, double-double last game, did a good job. Um, Quentin Jackson, I want, to see, I want to see him get some more playing time. I think he's earned some more playing time. And Craig Sward had a nice alley-oop dunk at the end of the game. I want to see him get some more playing time, too. Tyler Hall was a great – he had a great shooting night the other night as well. I want to see him get some more playing time. So, uh, But, yeah, you guys can comment some expectations, what you guys want to see from Johnny Davis. 
tomorrow night, what you think he can do better um, to improve. And uh, I just want to see him be aggressive. Just play, just, just be himself out there. If he makes mistakes, who cares? Um, I like to play. I like when they call it some baseline drives where they set some screens to get him open in the corner. And he went to the basket aggressively one time and got fouled. I want to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more too and play with some physicality. So um, I'm, I'm believing in Johnny Davis. I'm not overreacting from two summer league games. I'm just not going to do that. Um, just don't want to overreact. So I'm, I'm excited to see him play again. I want to see him bounce back. I think he's getting better, playing with more confidence, but I just haven't seen the aggressiveness and the, and the shot creativity just yet. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening and make, making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. And for your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 